Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Bingeworthy, a television podcast that cuts through the noise to talk about what bingeworthy series we watch and how we watch them so you know exactly what's worth your time. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Today you find us jumping into the new HBO Max series, Our Flag Means Death, which was created by David Jenkins, which follows the true story of a self-proclaimed gentleman pirate played by Reese Darby named Steed Bonnet, his crew, and the unlikely partnership with the dread Blackbeard, played by Taika Waititi, uh, Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. Uh, Rodrigo and I discuss our thoughts on the first five episodes that we screened, and afterwards the showrunner, writer David Jenkins, stops by to chat about creating the show, working with Taika and Reese and his amazing cast, and becoming a showrunner after struggling as a playwright for years. And now he's working on this show and creating the Flash Gordon series with Taika uh, as well. But before we jump into new episodes, I've got to tell you that Bingeworthy is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, Deep Focus, Yellowstoners, The Fourth Wall, The Discourse, and more. We can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places where podcasts are found. Follow us on iTunes and you'll get this podcast as well as our other shows regularly. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we greatly appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Before I shoot you over to our podcast discussion, I will mention that I do have another podcast called The Discourse in which we uh, sit down and talk with Taika Waititi and Reese Darby about the same show, Our Flag Means Death. We'll put both uh, episodes up the week of release and uh, feel free to check both of them out. Let's get to our discussion of Our Flag Means Death, which is certainly binge-worthy. All right, let's talk about Our Flag Means Death. This is the latest Taika Waititi-produced project, which is written and ran by David Jenkins uh, of TBS's People of Earth fame. This is another one of those kinds of strange alchemy-type shows that Taika does where he mashes up kind of like a workplace comedy with a genre that you wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, whether it's vampires or musicians or kids on an Indian reservation. Uh, this time it's pirates. And, and the crazy thing about the show outside of the fact that it's very Taika is, is that it's a true story. Um, and it, it follows a gentleman pirate named Steed Bonnet, played by longtime Taika collaborator Reese Darby, uh, who decides to just blow up his life, leave his wife and kids uh, as a rich upper class gentleman and, and build his own pirate ship and, and hire a crew on salary, uh, which amazingly, all of that really did happen. And at first, it's just this show that's following this upbeat, you know, offbeat captain and his crew. And, and then it pivots really hard when they cross paths with Taika Waititi's Blackbeard. Um, and the whole show becomes this kind of wonderful dance between Steed and Blackbeard, who are both bonding and trying to maintain something over one another. And it, it becomes kind of charming. I really liked the second half of, of the episodes we got. 
what did you think of the first five episodes, Rodrigo? Um, I didn't get as far as you, so I didn't get okay, okay. the part where Blackbeard appears. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm uh, lamenting that because uh, um, <laughs> I, I didn't, it, it didn't quite grab me. Um, and uh, it will I, once he shows up, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Taika is like, God, Taika Waititi is just incredible. He's so remarkable. He's got such a vibrant, fun personality. He's so funny. He's so, he's, he just brings things alive. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's the reason why that show comes to life. Although, you know, we haven't seen the whole thing, but I thought he was only going to be a small part of the show. And um, presumably if there's more seasons, I didn't think he was going to be on it that much. So can it survive beyond him um, is the question. But like I, for, first of all, all the stuff that he does uh, on uh, the aforementioned shows that you talk about, you know, um, what we do in the shadows is, is the, this yes. amazing, I, I, I think it. really, really incredible and really, really found its, uh, you know, feet now by the third season it's going on to its fourth. Um, it's so funny. And it, it's like the kind of the, the crown jewel in the, in the, Taika Waititi uh, Empire, I guess it's on <laughs> FX, although it's starting to spread out because he's got that show on FX. He's got the um, Reservation Dogs on FX, uh, but now this this show on uh, HBO Max. So I guess, he, you know, he kind of just goes wherever he wants to go. He's also got like, you know, a Lucasfilm movie in the works. And so he might not be able to be pinned down yeah. in the way that some of these showrunner creators um but and he he's working really on flash cool. gordon with the with david jenkins our, our interview that's right oh interesting mm-hmm. um but in general i find him super delightful i find everything that he does super delightful i can't wait for basically anything he does he's also got another marvel movie coming out this year uh, it's, yes. uh, so Thor, love and thunder yes that's right but i don't know this show i'm not a, a huge fan of the lead character pirate what's that Starby, steve bonnet yeah, yeah. I, he just does not, he he doesn't grab me as like being like, you know, not, he's, he's to me, he's not the quality of like the, the spinoff vampires, you know, like those people are all untested, but they're all like amazing, I find. I, I find those actors that that trio is incredible, you know, mm-hmm. I think they're yeah. really amazing. And they've only, you know, as, as, as things do, they've only gotten better and better and better, you know, like they're like now, like um, they're just right at the height of their powers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's like the show's still trying, is still finding time to like finding itself and its rhythm, you know? I think Reese will grow on you. I mean, if you've liked him in other projects, I think he'll grow on you. Otherwise, if you just don't like his overall vibe, I mean, then he, he may not. I've seen him much on anything else, really. Really? Oh man. He's been in a lot of Taika projects. He was in, he was the the werewolf the leader werewolf in in what we do in the shadows and uh you know he was in he was their manager in flight of the concords and you know he's he's popped up on a lot of things i um, did, i'll be honest that i did not really watch flight of the concords oh man i love that one that's that's another taika old school taika masterpiece for me i love those ones um yeah so i mean as far as our, our flag means death. I think you know, if you do keep watching it, once Steed and Blackbeard are playing off each other, because they have, like, if you look into the history of these two, they kind of develop a partnership. And, you know, even though they're antagonistic to each other as well, there's there's kind of a brotherhood to them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really interesting relationship. And if you 
look into the, the history at all, it, it can go some very interesting places as well. Um, and, and David Jenkins uh, will certainly touches on that and, and how much they're willing to either stay close to history or, you know, kind of take a left-hand turn. But a lot of the stuff where you're like, that's just too absurd to be real is actually true, which is kind of crazy. Interesting. I really like Joel Fry. I don't know. Really oh, yeah. I have a sense of how big of a character he's going to be on the show. seems like he's kind of on the side, but I think he's terrific. Like this guy's like, to me, that guy's a real star. He's incredible. Yeah. Joel's great. Ewan Bremner's great. Nat Faxon. He doesn't even have, to, I mentioned this in the interview. He does not have to be there, Nat Faxon. He could just be writing movies all he wants. And yet he's, he's kind of playing as, as one of the pirates on here. And then you get a bunch of great guest stars like Fred Armisen and Leslie Jones and, all these people that are willing to come in and play and, and have some fun. Right. And they're, and they're not like really recurring characters, right? Or, or no, none of them have really recurred. It's mostly just like different people popping up. Like Nick Kroll pops up at one point in a really, right. and Kristen Schaal uh, in a really entertaining episode. Um, I mean, the talent is certainly there for oh, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of like Rory Kinnear. Um, there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of interesting names and you know a lot of people involved. Um, I don't know David Jenkins' work that much. I don't think, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna get make my way through the rest of this. Um, yeah, I did, it had just been a bit, bit of a, a a slow slog for me, I guess, because I just was not kind of feeling it. But um, there's a lot of great people involved. Everything that Taika does is is special. And as as you know, basically even you're you're a, your whole endorsement of when he uh, appears just sort of lights me up and makes me mm -hmm. go, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to know more. It just kind of completely changes the direction of the show. You think it's going to be just the pirates doing random adventures and then it, it becomes something different, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so let's shoot it over to the conversation uh, that we have with writer showrunner David Jenkins. As a reminder, the show premieres on HBO Max on March 3rd. Check it out. It is very much worth your time. Well, I guess I'll just jump in and thank you for your time. I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time to to speak with me about sure. the new show. Happy to. Happy to. Thanks for your interest. Yeah. So I've watched five of them. I believe there's six, right? There are 10. You guys did 10 misleading information online. There's so little information about this show. Yeah. Even, even just deep, a month before it? release. It's kind of great. Like jumping in and learning things about it. Yeah, well, now marketing's got to get into gear, so hopefully there will be a lot more information. Yes, yes. There this week. Yes, but either way, it was kind of fun to just jump in and discover the show. Like, even on IMDb, it says, like, Reese Darby's only in three episodes or whatever it is, and you're like, he's the main character in this show. That's not <laughs> I mean, come on. He's yeah. in every episode. Nice, yeah. It, it's it's fantastic so far. I really, really enjoyed the the build of the show so far at least in four cool. and five that i've seen but nice. um, it's so nice that like people are actually seeing it you're the third person i've talked to who isn't involved with the production who's seen nice that many it's cool so i'm early on i'm i'm one of the first through the door yeah it's like oh someone likes my kid <laughs> nice oh well uh for listeners obviously we're talking about our flag means death I guess I just want to start at the beginning to see like how this came to you. Was this your baby that you brought Taika or is Taika kind of the idea guy or what kind of brought you together? I don't know who Taika is. First yeah, me either. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> um, I don't know if he worked on the show. I don't know. I, I, I never ran into anybody named Tiki. Tiki, like, <laughs> or whatever. 
Uh, my wife heard about this guy, Steve mm. Bonnet, and immediately was like, you should look into this guy. This is a show. Um, and she's much smarter than me. Um, so I did. And I read about him on Wikipedia and I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Like his story conforms to act beats pretty yes. much, which when you see that, it's like, oh, it's interesting. And it's a midlife crisis. And then there's all these interesting questions about like, he left his wife and his kids. He did this awful thing to his family. And we don't know why. And yeah. history won't tell us why. And then he like met up with Blackbeard and they became friends. And then we don't know. History won't tell us why. Yeah. So that idea was already like, oh, this is cool. This is a cool idea for a show. And then I had been um, like everyone wanting to work with Taika for a long time. Um, and we share a manager, a very good manager called Dan Halstead, who um, put us in touch. And he just liked the idea. And pretty quickly we were we were working together and talking about it and, and it was terrible. He was really <laughs> so what a dick. What a dick. Yeah. Uh, I bet you had yeah, to fight was, him the whole way. It was bad, man. <laughs> that that New Zealand thing, don't buy it. It's an act. He's from New Jersey. He's mean and he's from New Jersey. It was it was yeah, pretty easy, pretty fast. And then, you know, we were we talked for, you know, a few hours off and on over the course of, you know, I don't know, maybe a month. He's busy. So you, you have to like grab him between things. I think I yeah. talked to him. I think I met him when he was like about to win the Academy Award or mm, something. And yeah. And so you kind of catch him where you can and then came up with some ideas. And then um, I went away and wrote a script um, and uh, was thinking that he would do his own thing to it and you know leave room for that i was like i'll probably come in and adjust it and do a bunch of stuff and we we pretty much shot that draft we, not not a ton of changes to it so it was it's been a very uh, easy collaboration i mean it, it is insane how many projects he has in the works right. and then right. this this one on top of it like melds right into a lot of those projects like the vibe of it really feels like it comes out of the a similar voice. So you must have appreciation for some of his shows and, and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Oh that my so God. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the, I mean, he's incredible. I think, I think, you know, what we do in the shadows, the, the movie already is like, yes, both are uh, amazing. Amazing. And then I kind of, for a long time after seeing that, it was like, ah, man, like we never get comedy movies anymore that are kind of shaggy and from like nowhere you know out of left fields like that just isn't happening anymore so I'm a fan of his just because any independent artist that's making stuff that's actually funny mm. makes my heart sing and there aren't many of them I think he's one of the last of the Mohicans on that <laughs> on that front and so yeah, I, I love what he does. I think we share a sensibility that is dry, I guess, maybe by U.S. standards. I've always like wanted to make like I like when I try to make something, I try to make the little Hal Ashby movie or something like I like character driven comedy. 
for this, like initially it was talking to him a lot about 24 hour party people. And we talked a lot about that movie. Just, I love the tone of it, but Steve Coogan's so funny in it. It's so damn funny. And it's not just like joke, 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 joke. There's like a Christopher guest quality. Yes. You know, so I think we both liked those things, which made it very easy. Um, I, I don't know what, for whatever reason, our sensibilities really fit. And his, his other shows tend to be a little improv heavy. How yeah. prevalent is that with, with your stuff? Is it pretty built out or are you just like, have fun, go for it? No, I don't do that. That's, <laughs> that's where our sensibilities diverge. Um, I will say a thing that's different. This, this is a challenging show to make mm. uh, because we're budgeted to like make the great, you know, beautiful, opulent one hour show. But we've got like six days to shoot it, which is what they shoot. You know, they shoot Barry in six days. Barry's fantastic, but we have to do wigs and costumes and, you know, it's a lot. So, and then the, I, I want a show when I see it, I like, I like a half hour that's written or a comedy that's written essentially like a drama. Like I want beats to accrue. I want there to be story. I don't want it to reset every episode, the relationship between steed and blackbeard and the the question of like wow what did he do to his family and like the true crime beats of it mm-hmm. i want those to be very clean like i want those story things to be in there so i, I think improvisation kills those sometimes sure um so finding room in the scripted material and then finding room to be like okay go off do this try this um it, you know, I, I think we need more time to do it if we get a second. But yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I was just going to say with comedy is it takes so long to find your footing and find your voice with a show. Yeah. Like, but this one like has one pretty quickly. Cool. I mean, at least, well, I mean, right away it has its own voice, but when Blackbeard and him meet is when you're just like, holy fuck. Oh, like cool. this is this is a fucking show here and i can't oh, nice. can't wait to see where that develops i felt like holy fuck watching it get shot watching it go into yeah. camera but like holy fuck they're actually doing cool. it <laughs> yeah yeah That's i mean amazing. they're so good together like mm-hmm. they've known each other for 16 years and yeah. you know when you see it it's it's the relationships on the page but when you see them together it's somehow yes. more they're so amazing together playing off one another. And even just like the characters, like you don't know really what level they're on with each other. Yeah. Like is uh, Steed smart enough to be playing the games that Blackbeard is playing? Yeah. You don't know, but it seems like he very well could be. So Yeah, I think for this, like another thing going into, you know, Reese and Taika, they're just so deft at improvisation and what they, they're amazing. They're, they're two of the greatest of all time. I think, in in my opinion, I think to um, I I really like to if if the performer's open to it, to find a comedic actor and to look for a little bit more of an acting gear, mm. and to hopefully not defang you know their superpower, but you know I don't know man like. I mean, it's old hat now, but when Bill Murray was in Rushmore, that's a revelation. Yeah, That performance was like, holy shit, he can do this? <laughs> and then it was like, holy shit, a story can do this? I didn't even know. Um, to get there with like, 
you know, Tyhids like can do anything and can go anywhere and to take that energy and focus it to me, I haven't seen him like that. And I, I just think both of them are tremendous actors. Mm-hmm. I think they're both capable of the, the finest level of performance, whether it's a drama or a comedy. I'd prefer to see them in a comedy, but damn, they're both good. Yeah, I agree. And you have like this whole other cast of actors that is just fantastic. Yeah. Like Nat Faxon, has, he has no reason to still be acting if he doesn't want to. Like he has I a know. whole writing career and he's amazing in this show. Uh, and then you got, you know, Joel Fry, who's always great and everything. You got all these like slightly lesser known actors that are just killing it in this show. So how did you go about kind of putting them together? And were there any surprises where you're like, holy cow, this guy's amazing? I mean, I think they're all like a surprise when you get there, because it's like we had written the show mostly when I started casting it. And then yeah. in the casting of it, it's like casting's just, man, it's a slog. It's it's. <laughs> And then for something like this, where a lot of people want to do it, it's like you're getting auditions from people who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're auditioning for this. Um, And then for every part, there'd be one person that made you go, oh, my God, I can do this with this character. And then this is what this character can do. It just unlocks it for you. So that was great to just get someone like, you know, you and Bremner. And yes, dude. I mean, and then just be like, wow, what's that going to be like? <laughs> he's always good. He's always just has that little off kilter kind of vibe about him. And he's perfect. It's a him. cool company because it's like yeah. actor, actors like Ewan and Con O'Neill, who's like on Chernobyl and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then like comedic actors. And then they're all scared of each other on some <laughs> level. And then they, they form a company eventually. And man, when that happens, when they actually become the Muppets together, it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, man. It, it really is. You touched on the true story elements for it. Was there ever a point where you were researching and you're like, we can't do that. No one's going to believe this is actually true. Or is it just like, it's a comedy. We just, just fucking do it. Yeah, I, very early on, tech, it was like, don't, don't research me. Don't do any research for this. <laughs> and then I was like, I hadn't, I had just gotten done with something where I had to research it meticulously because the mm. people were still alive and you can get sued. And it's like, it's a lot. It's a big responsibility. But for this, it was nice to come to this and just be like, ah, man, just use the historical story beats. Like we've got two guys from New Zealand's as the leads in a time where that would never happen, you know, at that point, it's like, you're, you're inventing, you're doing a fantasy version Mm -hmm. and then you use, you use factual things when they help, but when they don't just. And even like the, the true stuff, like the fact that he pays his men wages instead of (laughs) sharing the loot. I thought that was completely made up. And I'm like, in research, I'm like, it's completely true. How is this just coming out now? This guy. It's crazy. It's I mean, just reading his Wikipedia page is like, you can't believe what you're reading. Yeah, I don't want to spoil things too much as far as where it goes or where it might go, but people can go online and, and look this stuff up, I suppose. Um, it I seems think they like they can, but they'll be, they'll be wrong because it doesn't okay. go. It doesn't it's go just exactly. whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So you're not limited by what really happened. You're not limited by like, okay, he only lived from this to this. We can only go with this much. Unless they decide to be, unless it's like, hey, this is a good, you know, I mean, if if we do get to make more of these, but if, you know, if it's like, hey, this is a good three seasons, feels good place to stop, then it can be that. I think like 
the big thing was, I mean, we actually used a surprising amount of the initial story beats yeah. from Steed and Blackbeard, and they're helpful. When you're stuck, you're like, oh, what really happens? Yeah. And, and it helps. And it's um, usually stranger than what you're you're probably coming up with in your head. It seems. It's usually, I mean, it's always better. It's mm-hmm. always better because then you're, it's just, yeah, we limit ourselves so much on what we think they can do. And then you read what actually happened and you're like, oh shit, this is <laughs> preposterous. <laughs> I would never, no, oh, okay, well. We'll do that. I think the main thing, though, is like the show, the reason for me to do this, because Pirates is not on its own my thing necessarily. And I know it's not Taika's thing outside of that. He's a big master and commander fan. (laughs) It was like, I want to be in a pirate ship. Oh, that'd be cool. man. (laughs) Um, uh, But I think the relationship between these two people and Steed and Blackbeard's need for each other and figuring out what that is and why it is that's the core of the show Mm -hmm. um so if that's really strong tracking that is like oh i want to be in this and then the pirate stuff is like incidental to that almost like i want to see that relationship and and what happens with it same yes very much so also in doing my research i was looking at your imdb page and when you like look at people's again again i gotta stay off the damn thing but it, it helps in, in a crunch. So it, usually you can kind of follow people's careers, like rises, falls. Yours has two credits on it. So I want to know, I know you're a man of the theater, but I'm curious kind of like how you became a showrunner and a writer of TV shows and how you went from zero credits on IMDb to working like with Conan and Greg Daniels and, yeah. and now having an HBO show of your own. Not, no offense by any of that, but it's kind I of amazing. <laughs> I'm taking it's fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's crazy. It's like every overnight success took like 10 years. Exactly. Reality or much longer. I I thought I was going to be a playwright and I thought I was going to be an actor initially. And then I did that for a decent amount of time. And then I started writing and I was like, oh, I I like this. I think I I like this too. And uh, was like, doing okay as an actor and testing for stuff and booking stuff. And then very unhappy. <laughs> it's confusing when there's something that you always wanted to do and then you get to do it and you're like, I am still unhappy on some level. <laughs> Fuck. I thought this would fix me. And I got into a very bad car accident right after I finished doing like a play somewhere and as an actor and I, I fractured my neck. Um, oh. And uh, was very lucky because um, it's like the vertebra that C2 where you, mm. you're paralyzed if that goes bad. Um, and it gave and you TV creating superpowers. Is that what you're saying? Is that where this it is just going? made me go like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to dedicate to writing. I, I love theater. I love plays. I'm going to be Arthur Miller and I'm just going to like write a great American play and then my wife is uh, an incredible, she's an incredible actor. She's a fantastic director. And so I'd write plays and she would direct them and we'd finance them and put them up in New York City. And it's hard, but it's like, it's essentially not that different from making your own movie where you have to bust your ass and do everything. And, you know, you're doing these things and you're broke and you're yeah. catering or whatever you're doing, but you're building the same skills that you're building to be a showrunner. And actually it's harder because when you're a showrunner, you have help. And 
people will do shit and they know more than you and you you know they'll come back with an idea that's like oh my god so a manager who was scouting new york playwrights um dan the guy that put tech and mine together nice he had a very good model where he would scout new york playwrights because there's a big playwriting to television pipeline and it's crazy (laughs) but then it is like the more you look at it it's like hollywood is just like or I guess I'll do it the other way. Play, theater is like the academic version yeah. of Hollywood mm-hmm. where you have these people like living in starvation conditions, like a monk to not get their play produced. And then you come out to LA and then it's like you're Superman or something like the further you get away from New York, the stronger your powers get. <laughs> By the time you go to LA, you're like a witch. People uh, are like, Oh fuck, this guy just writes stuff. It's not even a pitch. I mean, they know what it is, but they don't, it's like different. So you have more like no one, no one wanted to do my plays in New York city. Um, but you, you come to LA and you're in meetings with people and pretty quickly you're like, Oh, they want me in the room. They, yeah. they like that I have ideas and they're all just looking. Everyone just wants something that will work. I like that in the analogy, New York is your kryptonite. <laughs> I live, I'm, I'm in Queens right now. I love New York City. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think the credits don't necessarily. Sure. You think they're not going to transfer. And then sometimes they're wildly <laughs> more powerful than you would think. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I had an idea for, I was going to write people of earth as a play. I think it'd be a fantastic <laughs> play. Actually. Um, that sounds awesome. An Annie Baker style, like, you know, play about a support group dealing with the fact that they had been abducted and how fundamentally fucked up and unfair that is. If it really happens and you really had this happen and no one believed you, <laughs> No one's going to believe that. It's like the burning bush talking to you. No one's going to believe that that happened. Um, so I thought it would make a cool little chamber piece about these characters. And then pretty quickly after I started working with this manager, he's like, you should write a half hour. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm Arthur Miller. I'm not going to write a half hour comedy. The fuck? And then I, I did. And the first one didn't get made, but it got people were like, oh, you're good. And then our People of Earth was the second one I wrote. And, you know, I had the idea and people kind of were like, oh, that's interesting. And so I went away and I wrote it. Not and a it bad was batting average there. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible. But it's liberating. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, this doesn't have to be Death of a Salesman. Right. It's a half hour about aliens. It's not that, <laughs> it's not that deep. <laughs> um, it was freeing in a yeah. way. Um, and now you're going from this... And you're still working with Taika on that, the Flash Gordon piece, if I'm not incorrect. Mm-hmm. So what can you tease about that? And what was the decision to make it flip from animation to live action? Oh, man. I'm a hired gun on that one. So. You're just you're rolling I'm with just, the punches. I'm just happy to be in the room. Yep. Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I mean, I do yeah. think I, it's funny. I was talking to somebody else yesterday about something that would clearly be better as a live action. Yes. And then they were like, but we want to do an animated version. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, fine. Nothing against animated things are great, but like, I don't know, just having this experience, like this, no one would make people, um, um, our flag means death no. uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. To even do it now 
is like, you want to make a pirate comedy? Like that's really expensive. How do we shoot on water? Um, how, I mean, like what, how does that work? When like the Mandalorian exists and you can do like a giant. Did you video. use the volume? We used the poor man's version <laughs> of a volume. Cause they don't, they, a lot of people don't have them. Yeah. Like it's new. It's new. It's like, mm-hmm. we're like alive during you look at it and it's like, Oh man, this is just like, yeah, it looks amazing. It's essentially the first special effect where they were driving in a car and there'd be a screen behind them and it would do like the, the road. It's mm-hmm. that except it moves and yeah. it lights everything. I don't, I don't know exactly what this has to do with flash Gordon. Oh, I think, it's just, <laughs> I think, I think you can do some of this stuff. You can do this stuff now. Like we can make these things. It's like, it's the idea you'd make this as a TV show. The idea that you'd make a Marvel TV show as a TV show and it would be budgeted like that. That's mm-hmm. all. New. Yeah. That's Great. insane. Great. And then you're, you're also developing another series with FX. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, can you tease anything about that? Um, that is a story about the con artist couple that introduced yoga to America. Oh my in, God. In 19, 19 teens. <laughs> and they came to New York city and introduced tantric yoga and then had a sex cult and did like they had there's a lot going on um and, Sold. His, and, <laughs> I think it fun. and then it turns out that my wife's ancestors were built by this person <laughs> years ago so her family has like weird inside information on this and then there's something written on it that we're we're using to develop it so it'll be fun it's another kind of crazy far out historical thing that should be interesting that's amazing i can't wait to see it but i'm out of time with you today but i really appreciated you taking us and and talking about our flag means death and and all these things in your career everybody the show our flag means death premieres on hbo max march 3rd it's a very enjoyable show i can't wait to see where it goes Oh, thanks so much, Mike. It was fun.